What's up, losers? And welcome back to another snapshot of a day in the life of our local loonies here in Saltspit, Devil Hill, where the daily to-do lists are chock full of fun things like how to infiltrate a cult, what to do when your granny's too proud of her ancillary shed, or help, my priest is on drugs. Anyway, there's something illegal ticking away in the background of Saltspit Devil Hill and everyone can feel it. The small hamlet is building up to the spiciest mayoral election yet. With only two weeks to go, the candidates are rallying their troops and spreading their questionable sense among the people. Much to the confusion of Doug, whose experience with the political sphere is limited to posing with an upside-down pride flag back in the marriage referendum days. <sighs> A sizable crowd is gathered in the town square for Lafayette's candidate speech. Amongst the scattered throng is the mysterious Niall Hubbard, freshly adopted son of Lafayette and his large filmic camera, just ready to document the world in style. And Veronica educating her little brother on all of the ways to stay woke in the face of political adversity. This is why the sparkly hills of Salt-spit devil need a glorious leader like me. We are the leading hamlet in identifying crime. We are the best crime finders. We find the crime. If we didn't find the crime, there would be no crime. This is why I am the best. <laughs> no, uh, Veronica there, he has a bit of a point. Douglas, it's worrying that your political sense is so easily floored by the simple act of a repeated word. It's a great word, no. Crime really rolls off the tongue. Douglas, you disappoint me. The only point this man is making is why power-hungry men like him need to be stopped. He is the master of crime, for feck's sake. It's time to kick the last remnants of the past down into the lonesome valley and move forward with unity and strength. <laughs> it's time for you all to submit. Vote for me. Interesting choice of a verb there. Mm. <laughs> Indeed. Do you know what a verb is, Douglas? You're the smart one, Ronnie. Not me. All bronze, no brains. By heading a small fundraiser of one million euro, we can promote this town as an attractive tourist spot and get in subjects, I mean customers, for your businesses. Can I have a cheer for salty spit merchandise? <laughs> yeah. I thought he was rich, Ronnie, a fundraiser. <laughs> He's a snake, Douglas. That sexy Jesus is rolling in drug money. You saw the way he made Francis soil his trousers and comparison, really, but be expected when you're indebted to the devil himself. My Franny isn't a satanist. Shut up, Doc. I promise to you all you will never have a single debt under my regime. A utopia of liver sandwiches and a good time awaits you. Why, if all a man could want, ooh. Mr. Hubbard? Hello, yes, I was just wondering. What are you planning to do about the little protest being held against the Molly Malone Reform School for Girls? I'm sure they're on your crime radar. It's been really disturbing the peace around here. A little bit of competition never stopped me, Miss Marshall. The Thornburg child will be silenced eventually. Oop. Any other questions? I have to say, he's coming across as a bit of a Mennonist. And I'm not quite sure what that word means, but I know it's bad, Peggy tells me. Competition? Is that young one running from air too? If there are no other praises for me, then... I'll be off. I look forward to seeing you all at the ballot boxes. <laughs> Karaoke. I can't stand listening to him anymore. I need a strong Bewley's coffee after that. Also, did I hear you say minimalist? Douglas Marshall, you're up and coming in the world. <gasps> My wife's in jail, Ronnie. 
Ah, it's only a small thing. Come on. What other words do you know? Pansexual, classism, climate change. As Veronica continues to mould her little brother's brain, Lafayette and the three nuns descend from the podium, hungry for power and desperate for drama. Take the reins, darlings. I'd better go home to catch up on my beauty sleep. All of this shouting is doing nothing for my demure complexion. Anything you need, don't call me. I won't pick up. <laughs> Toodles. A wonderful manifesto speech, Sir Mr. Lafayette. Very clear and concise. Yes, thank you, loyal subject. The nuns watch as Lafayette prances away dreams in tow. They stare at each other, unsure of as to who will be the one to break this slightly sexy calm their cult leader has smothered himself in. It's a standoff with only one winner. Disappointment. Um, I'm not sure if you've been reading lately, but... Reading what, Jane? Spit it out. Well, I've been wishing for our father's blessings to make sure that this doesn't escalate or anything. Jesus, Mary and Joseph, Jane, our father's blessing. Sure, that'll curse Lafayette like a bad cold, just like the one that took my mother in the year 1945. was a hard winter that year. Or was it the year after? Sure, they're all the same anyway. Catherine, drop it. Jane, come sit down here, dear. Tell me, talk to your mother. Mother, are you there? Well, I know they say not to listen to the blasphemy that does be going on in the papers, but you know your wee fairy one, Greta. Grania. Thornberg, yes. Well, oh, just take a look. Is that the salty spittoon? Where in God's name did you get your hands on one of those devil diaries? The shop, you dimwit. Look! Is that one of them colouring book yokes? It's a prediction poll, children. And Grania is snaking her way to the top. Just like the prophets did. Oh, this feels so wrong, Anne. I knew we made the wrong decision Join this man. If he loses... He won't lose. I'll guarantee you that, chickens. We'll fight the wee scoundrel. What? Yeah, we'll start a war. I'm not sure that's the way to go, you know. Fight in the name of the Lord, Lord. we beseech beseech thee. Hear us. Hear us. Right, right, okay. If it comes to it, we'll confront her. But we won't fight. No, no, you're very right. We can't fight in the Lord's name. Oh, holy mother of divine grace, forgive me for my sin. We'll beat her in a way she won't win. Oh, oh no. I'll get the cloaks. While the nuns do nun shit or whatever, as Augustus polishes off their umpteenth analysis of Sylvia Platt's daddy. It's like they're trying to be insufferable. They go out onto the street and run directly into Francis Marshall. Sorry, it's not me. It's just, I have a, a pet. Um. Augustus, for everyone's sake, stops before the whole town before oh, before the whole town finds out about their penchant for inanimate rats. Yuck! But master, you must, must, must see what is happening in the square. I know this is where we are supposed to be. You can't keep referring to us as an us. I'm my own independent person. Amidst this shite. Francis is handing out flyers for shite, S-H-I-T-E, following Lafayette's sound advice. You want a drug empire? You better work for it, bitch. There's more Britney where that came from in this episode, I assure you. Anyway, he spots Augustus having an animated conversation with his left hand. No, no, that's just the fucking rat again, I swear. This kid never quits. Francis, while never the sharpest knife in the press, is motivated by fear and disgust. 
the Augustus would seem to be a prime shite recruit. Oh, you! Y- you there! Me? Obviously not you, you squirmy buffoon. Uh, ex- excuse me? What do you want? Uh, do you think independently? Because we are looking for new hip people with a brain like yours to join our society. When you join the Society for Holy in Transaction and something or, or other, you'll gain a fistful of new learnings. Sure, you'd have to be blind not to see how good a time you'd have if you joined us. Did you just discriminate against blind people? Because I don't want any part in a group like that. I'm actually extremely politically active, I'll have you know. I'm already a member of Volva. Oh, Jesus. Sure, sure, I didn't even know you could discriminate against blonde people. I thought everybody loved them. And uh, why are you a member of a vagina society? Blind people, not blonde people. Vulva is the society for working against humans to value, understand and love vermin and other underappreciated animals. We meet on Tuesdays. Uh, Right. Listen, if you join S-H-I-T-E, you'll also get a lifetime supply of clean water. Um, I already have access to water. It's a human right. Our water is the purest, cleanest water around. You'd be mad not to. But... Master, I want this water. I must bathe myself in the pure and fresh water. I don't want to shower with you anymore, Mr. Augustus. Cornelius, I am not joining the society. This guy is creepy as shit, and with a name like that, it just makes me want to literally shit myself. Master, don't disobey me. Cornelius, I... It is my time! I need this water, and you will get it for me. Uh, lad, you're starting to look a bit weird. Are, are you talking to me, or...? Leaping onto Zugustus's shoulder, Cornelius uses his tiny claws to inject them with his own demon spirit. Francis watched aghast as Zugustus seemed to have a seizure before his very eyes. All Francis could see was flailing arms and some beautiful billowing hair in the gust of this demonic possession. They eventually come to a standstill. I want to join. Uh, great. If you just take one of these, fill it out and bring it back to me. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. Take the paper, Augustus. Yes, Master. Oh, I love it when you call me Master. Francis watches as Augustus fucks off. He doesn't know what just happened, but his literal three brain cells deemed this unimportant, so he clapped himself on the back and told himself a job well done. If only he knew what we knew. God, I love the dramatic irony. I'm like, I feel like Shakespeare. Anyway, as Francis continued handing out flyers in the town square, Lafayette walked through the crowd searching for his ever-endearing money source, Elizabeth Marshall. He approaches her from behind. Elizabeth! Jesus, it's you! I thought it might have been some other pervert. Why bother sneaking up on me like that and annoys the tits off me? I have a problem, Elizabeth. I'm sure you can sort it. I need more money. Oh, Mary, how on earth could you need more money? I've given you plenty of money. What I do is expensive. There's flyers and banners and posters and massive amounts of psychedelic drugs. And And did I mention posters? Elizabeth pulls a flyer out of the nearest culprit's hand and reads it through through narrow cataract-ridden eyes. This doesn't even have any information on it. It's a handwritten contract to sign away your soul to his almighty Lafayette Elrond Hubbard. The nuns almost went blind writing out the terms and conditions. (laughs) Oh, sweet lord and saviour, you've gotten the nuns as well. Of course I have. Nobody can avoid my tantalizing sexual charm. (laughs) (laughs) Now, money, if you please. Your charm isn't going to work on me. There are enough cobwebs between my legs to stop a flying Ford and Jayla. 
Maybe I can convince you. Try me. I'm free bled for 25 years because they put a tax on tampons. Your grandson, Elizabeth. My Franny, you wouldn't dare. He's too... Simple to know any different. I'll make sure he drinks the water. But then he'll be under your control and not my soft fingers. Elizabeth Marshall's fingers were anything but soft. The woman hasn't used any moisturizer since the plague. The choice is easy, Lizzie. You can keep Francis if you give me my money. You absolute rat. Fine, I'll give you more money, but you have to promise to keep me Francis safe or else so bad. Oh, honey, I promise. As Lafayette skulked away, Elizabeth caught sight of Francis trying to scratch his balls with one of the shite posters, and she concluded that she would do all she could to keep her family safe, even if she ran the risk of plunging her entire dynasty into bankruptcy. As the week passes, the town grows increasingly more invested in the politics of the uh, the election. Who would have imagined? Now, only one week remains until election night and Grania Thornburg is neck and neck with Lafayette in the polls. Some of the residents are actually starting to have hope. As if. (laughs) I haven't had hope in four years. Thanks for nothing, Hillary. Anyway, but Lafayette is clearly getting scared if he's making threats to Elizabeth Marshall. Extortion is not cute, honey. But you know who is cute? Father Andy. <laughs> oh, just crucify me already? The things I'd let that man do. But I'll try to contain myself for your sake. Because Father Andy is at the Bear Claw Bookshop and Bakery meeting Malachi Noxodramus, Prophetum, unofficial manager of the Thornburg ca- campaign and noted purveyor of <coughs> wisdom. I'll stick to Coastar, thanks. What a name is, what kind of name is Prophetum anyway? Well, Mr. Prophetum, you'll notice that my tonsillitis is gone, and I appreciate your sentiments, but Mrs. Thornburg's campaign is just a bit too radical to get my endorsement. You must understand, I could only endorse someone who promised to change nothing, and give us lots of lip service. I suppose I should have expected as much from you sky pilots. If I had the reins, we'd all be worshipping the old gods. It seriously was a radical idea to just want justice and a democratic government. So what the is a bit of an old socialist after. <coughs> he most certainly was not down with that sort of thing? Father! Who else but Gronia Thornburg stands between Lafayette and the domination of the whole blessed town, hinterland and surrounding parishes. And your church will not be spared, believe me. Look, I'll take it up with Father Catholicus, but I can guarantee nothing. If it were up to me, we'd stay away from it. When I was trained to be a priest below in the seminary, they told me, if you can't own the politicians like the good old days, sure, what's the point in caring about them at all? Ah, shite. Fine. Keep your bloody endorsements. But it's on your head if Lafayette wins. But uh, could you do me one favor as a consolation? What? Well, 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 well. They are greater dangerous afoot than eccentric politicians. I can feel it. Would you be so kind as to warn the town that a grave, highly contagious sickness shall descend in the near future, sweeping across the land, bringing death, boredom, and cancer football matches to all who feel its terrible embrace? For the last time, Malachi, would you get over that apocalyptic nonsense? This is the real world. Things like that don't happen. Do you really think the church can afford to start spouting prophetic nonsense? 
suddenly, with near-perfect but not quite perfect timing, the woman of the hour, Grania Thunberg herself, thunders into the bookshop. Not so fast, Father Andy. I bet I can change your mind. Sorry, just uh, got a little bit distracted. Is this going to take long? I promised Father Cathaldus. <sighs> I promised Father Cathaldus I'd watch Midsummer Murders with him in about ten minutes. It won't take long. Should only be an hour. Well, in that case, I really must be going. Okay, fine. I'll give you the gist, but you're missing out on a great speech. I'm a real inspiring type when I get going. Oh, how do you know, Chris Walls? I'm getting old here. All right, all right. So, when I was a young girl, even younger than I am now, my father took me to this very spot, the town hall. We're in a, we're in a bookshop, love, not the town hall. To, to talk to the mayor. The mayor at the time was a fat old man. Like, man, that guy was fat, jeez. But that's not really the point. The point is, he was an old man. And so I asked the mayor, Mr. Mayor, sir, do you think I could be like you one day? And the mayor said, what? Get out of my office. Security! And then, just as I was about to be hauled out, a very inspiring woman came over to me and said, yes, little girl, you can be mayor one day. If you just keep fighting the good fight, protesting injustice, and shutting down racist musicals, Believe in the power of democracy and you will prevail. That woman was Michelle Obama. I never saw her again. But anyway, the point is that becoming mayor of Salt Split Devil Hill has been my dream ever since I was a young girl, even younger than I am now. And with your help, Mr. Father Andrew, sir, I can make that dream a reality. That was interesting. I'll have a think about it, but that doesn't really change my opinion. It just fills me with a vague sense of inspiration and zest. Listen, kid, my voice speaks for the church, and I can only endorse the candidate that will either give us free shit or take away everybody's condoms. And I suspect that Lafayette will be more than forthcoming with those requests than you. Well, think of it this way. If Lafayette wins, your whole religion is doomed. The man is sacrilegious. Nobody can worship God if we're all worshipping that guy. Hmm... But he's so nice and so invigorating. Easy on the eyes too, eh? I mean, I'm easy with the lies. Uh, yes, I am not interested in that guy at all. He's a real, a real liar, so he is. Come to think of it, I definitely 100% hate Lafayette and do not find him charming in the slightest amount. So I guess um, I must endorse your campaign at some point. I'll get back to you soon. I must be gone. Father Cataldus will be inconsolable. Good luck with your campaign. Oh, good luck, Father, you dirty pup. Who was that about? Ah, uh, sure, you never know what the likes of them feckin' priests. The poor boy. Oh, I just love it when they're ashamed. <laughs> On his way out... God, our God-fearing sex symbol passes by Zugustus and their weird rat spirit thing, whatever, coming into the bookshop. Oh, the kid gives me the creeps. I mean, okay, fair. The rat can talk. I ask you, who the fuck carries around a toy rat in the first place? Out of all animals, like, what? you pick a rat. Like, what the hell? Who is, who is this person anyway? Oh, I suspect that this functionally confused establishment is about to become even more of a political battleground. Seriously, a bookshop, a bakery, and now an electoral discussion forum. Pick a side, girls. Now do the thing where you sing Britney Spears, but out of tune. Master, do I have to? I do it. Oh, baby, baby, how was I supposed to know that something wasn't right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, honest, honestly, I, I ain't even gonna ask. Oh, hey, uh, didn't see you there, Judy. We got a lot to do, Zuggy. Grania's campaign needs to be ramped up a notch. It's the final days before the election that really matter. We need to target those people who are on the fence, Cambridge Analytica style. Well, actually, Judy, I've, I've been meaning to... Oh, hey, Augustus, don't know if you can tell from the overpowering odor of female sweat in here, but... 
energy. We are stressed. We're on refreshments for voting day. And Father Andy wants 50 blueberry scones. I didn't even think 50 people lived here. Anyway, we'll be needing your help, Zoggy. Do it. Tell them. I will not be available for helping. I'm sorry. What? Come on, Zoggy. We need to take that evil, narcissistic, weirdly attractive villain down. Finally, Zoggy, we will all be accepted. Liberation has never been this close. It's like the 70s all over again. Ah, the 70s. Jeez, the sexual liberation was just such a hot and sticky time. My vagina still hasn't recovered fully. Oh, I'm not surprised with what you were doing, little Miss Reverse Cowgirl Mania. <laughs> Tell them, slimy coward. Tell them who you are voting for. I can't do it because because I'm not voting for Grania. <gasps> the cost of the, whoa, 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 what, what, what the fuck do you mean? I'm voting Lafayette. He makes sense. His policies are refreshing. I'm just sick of all this liberal left bullshit, okay? And as Plath says, everyone adores a fascist. The boot in the face, the brute heart. The one chance for us to finally be accepted, to not be coerced by Father Andy or verbally abused by that bitch Elizabeth Marshall or have a recycling bin heaped in with the rest of the rubbish. You know what you are, Augustus? A traitor. You're just as bad as the rest of them. This isn't po just politics. This is our lives. <laughs> Delicious. How I revel in their pain. Stupid women. Zagustus, despite your stunted intellectual capabilities, you have done well. Now let us go and take our rightful place at the feet of Lord Lafayette. That moment, Elizabeth and Francis Marshall entered the bookshop. It was... It was quite rare, actually, for Elizabeth to be seen outside her rotting mansion, let alone a queer, erotica bookstore slash bakery. This is going to be so tense. <laughs> These people do not go together like oil and water, or me and that bitch in the evening six class. Anyway, to say Patty and Judy were shocked would be an understatement. Well, hello there, ye hairy hoovers. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, what the fuck is this hag doing here? Oh, Miss Marshall, how um, pleasant of you to stop by. Oh, could I interest you in our uh, new copies of Sensual Southern Sweeties? <laughs> or it's um, equal, naughty northern nymphs. A blueberry scone for you and the wee lad. Oh, how very dare you offer me vessels of sin. I, unlike you, am a woman of class. I don't know exactly what's going on in this dungeon of transgressions, but I will have no part in it. Francis, pass me my antibacterial angel. The immoral germs I must, cannot touch my delicate skin. Oh, yes, Nanny. Love you, Nanny. Good girl. Eh, uh, I'm a boy, Nanny. Could I ask then why you are here? I've come to deliver the news that the rent insult is bit devil devil valley is coming tripled. <laughs> Best of luck, ladies. <laughs> I'm sure you'll survive with all of your loyal customers. <laughs> uh, Nanny, what do you mean they barely have any customers? You dropped in her head at birth and that's the fucking point. Now shut up and let Nanny speak. You bitch! How dare you! What is this funding? Your, your secret squirrel trafficking addiction? How the fuck did she know, huh? You can't do this. Watch me, bitch. You hairy hoovers were picked the wrong side. You picked the wrong side. And you will lose badly because of it. As my hero Ian Paisley Jr. says, the gays are repulsive and a harm to society. Homosexuality is a disease that we have to keep contained. Lafayette understands that the town needs to remain pure. The only way we can move forward is if your filthy degenerates are oppressed. Lafayette won't win. He, he can't. We shall see. <laughs> Come on, girl. We've spent long enough time in this nest of sin. 
And I, I'm a boy, Nanny. Move, you lazy Pollock. We are going with them to our rightful leader. I'll see you guys later, I suppose. Elizabeth, Francis, Zucostis, and Cornelius exit the bookshop, leaving our downtrodden lesbians behind. Patty and Judy are faced with the depressing prospect that the Bear Claw Bookshop and Bakery might not make it through the month, and the even more depressing prospect that Lafayette might gain power, not if they had any say in it. These old broads had been upholding democracy their whole lives, and now was not the time to give in. Now was the time to kick things up a notch. As Brittany says, you got a campaign, bitch. <laughs> Flash forward one week, where outside the town hall on the night of the count, a concerned Granny Thornburg attempts to placate her erot erotic, not erotic, erratic, almost feral mother, but unfortunately to no avail. Rose Thornburg, now the proud owner of three street cats and beginning to resemble one herself, had become a little unhinged following her departure from the office. But her decline is understandable, really. She had been married to the job she didn't date. She often forgot the names of her immediate family members and the rough, sandpapery feel of the new acquired feline friend's tongues was the most intimate thing she received and experienced in years almost too intimate. And of course, the drugs Lafayette pumped into her system have had something to do with her sudden cognitive decline. Oh, poor thing. Mummy, Mummy, will you put the cats down and listen to me? Where have you been? I've been up the walls looking for you. It's time to come home. Rose sinks to the ground, landing on her knees and extending her left leg behind her back, behind her back to scratch her ear. She does so with such a, with a guttural laugh, God. It's like a big cat rescuing here. Are you happy now? I did it. I made the Carol Baskin joke. Are you satisfied? Ungrateful wretches. I am home. Your real home. You need to be with your real family, Mammy. You can bring the cats, just please. I know I haven't always been easy on you, but you're scaring me. Come on, come here to me. Grania attempts to take hold of her mother's arm. Rose hisses and bites her daughter's hand. Mummy! Next time I'll draw blood. Fine. I thought it might be this way. That's why I brought reinforcements. If you won't listen to me, maybe I'll listen to somebody else. Just then, Veronica Marshall emerges from behind a power box across the street. She politely waits for a car to pass before crossing over and joining Grania in silence. The entire thing is equal parts odd and underwhelming. I, I wonder if they practiced her entrance. I, I hope they didn't. Rose, how are you keeping my poor wee pet? Grania tells me you're a cat now. She's not a cat, Mrs. Marshall. She's dis just disassociating. Is it true? Gone a bit fruity are you, Rose? I've always been fruity. A real sherry fucking trifle. Rose hisses at her longtime friend, swiping a manicured nail at Veronica, who quickly dodges the advance and, without missing, without missing a beat, grabs behind Rose's neck, lifting her with questionable ease and setting her firmly down onto the town steps. The town hall steps. Grania looks on in amazement. Be a good dear now, Rose, and settle down. There's, there's a good kitty. Veronica scratches behind Rose's ear. Rose meows and practically melts in her arms. I honestly don't know what I'm looking at anymore. I really hate seeing you like this, Rosie. What happened to the strong, hard-headed regional softball champion? That wasn't me. That was a facade. I'm finally living my true life. Mm, I always thought you did like that musical a bit too much. I'm transforming. I, uh, I'd say we're ready for you now, Father. Like clockwork, Father Andy emerges from a nearby bush armed with a, bu a budget pocket Bible, a cheap bastard, and a water gun of holy water. His hair and robe are disheveled from squatting amongst the foliage, but his face carries 
and unflinching determination. He wears two muddy green stripes on his cheeks, prepared for the incoming battle. Rose Thornburg, get ready to say your prayers. Veronica rolls her eyes as the priest performs a perfect backflip and joins their ranks, completing the Holy Trinity. They stand in Charlie's angel formation, the, oh, the bootleg version, of course. You may relax now, Father. I told you it's not an exorcism we're doing. We just need to give her a bit of a shake. Have you a prayer that'll do? Oh, I have a prayer, all right. Father Andy then cartwheels over to Rose Thornburg, startling the street cats that flank her. They scuttle away in all directions as he opens his off-brand Bible to Deuteronomy 31.6, <clears throat> a reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Russians. Grania looks on as at Father Andy with, with some reservation, fighting her urge to make a reference to the gays or women's liberation. Go easy on her now, Father. Nothing too Catholic. Don't worry, young Grania. She's in safe hands. Father Andy then proceeds to rip off the sleeves of his robe, oh my goodness, <laughs> using the loose material to bind Rose at the hands and feet. He drenches her in holy water and begins to speak in Latin tongues. Rose hisses and screams like a cat that's been thrown headfirst into a bath. In nomin patris et filii et spiritus sancti. Oh, heavenly Father who wets the fields and keeps our deserts dry, use your brilliant might to bring this woman back from her near pussycat state and into the present without your children. Woo! Not what we had in mind, Father. Keep still, Rose. Come on now, nasty woman, relinquish your son. No, no, not the water, no. I'll drown, I'll drown. Stop, you're hurting her. What are you doing? Rose fights and thrashes until she finally breaks through of her constraints, scratching Father Andy upside the face before fleeing the intervention, racing back towards the town centre on her hands and knees, shouting as she goes, Water! Something's in the water! I need to cleanse this town before it's too late! <laughs> Grania watches as her mother disappears into the twilight, her bones clinking and crackling as she slinks into the distance, her litter trailing behind. What a graceful woman. Oh. Father Andy picks up a shredded sleeve of his robe and attempts to stop the blood flow from the three flesh scratches that now mark his devastatingly handsome face. Veronica pulls out her favourite ceramic duck, a soft ball duck, wearing a visor, wearing a visor on his little head. Oh, how odd. She caresses the embossed gilded lettering that lines the duck's plumage. For my best friend from Rose. Oh, none of this has gone to plan. Meanwhile, far, far away, Doug Marshall sits alone by the town hall. With an expression of concern, he stares down at the pea-themed cupcake from the Bear Claw Bookshop and Bakery. All alone, Mr. Piggy. Me too. Me oh, too. Doug, Doug stares into the piggy's eyes, the black icing slowly dripping off its pink face. Can I be honest with you, Piggy? I didn't know who to vote for in this upcoming election. Ah, Piggy. If only Peggy had been there to tell me what to do. I ended up rising in my own name as a little joke, you know. <laughs> me, Doug Marshall running for mayor. Peggy would love the idea of that. She'd laugh at me and smash it, Piggy. <laughs> Good Tobin. I'm I mean um so sorry. Suddenly Father Capaldus stumbles out of the town hall, interrupting Doug's one-on-one -on -one counselling session. This election is doomed. Neither of the candidates are suitable to run a town like this. Where have all the good men gone? In my day, everyone was Catholic. No one questioned anything. No one thought. Ugh, thinking. Ah, Douglas, nice to see you. Hi, Father. You're worried about the election too? Well, we're two piggies in a blanket, so. Why, Douglas, what cause do you have to worry? You... It's oh. a very 
A conveniently timed slip, Father Cathalis drops his cane and begins to trip. Luckily, Doug intercepts and stops the slip. Whoa, close one there. Here's your stick back, Father. Oh, well, God bless you, Douglas. Wait, wait. is that a matrimonious ring I see on your finger? Oh, yeah, my wife, Peggy, is in prison. And you're still married to her? Of course. My love for her is like the sun setting, but it'll still give you a sunburn, what? A good Catholic man! Finally, you're not like those modern men preaching about divorce and low-carb, high-protein diets. You, my man, lead an honest and humble life. Huzzah! I will be seeing you soon, Douglas. May God be with you, you beautiful Catholic. After this surprisingly wholesome moment, Father Cathalis waddles off to, I don't know who knows where. I don't even think he knows. Anyway, Doug is left alone again. He stares into the eyes of his piggy, but this time, the piggy doesn't stare back. Meanwhile, Lady Liberty weeps over the town hall, where salt-spit devils' unholy trinity seem to have concentrated their corrupt pursuits for the evening. Sisters Anne, Jane, and Catherine have put themselves forward to count the incoming votes for the town's election. However, their intentions are less than honest. This is so exciting. Now I know how Vlad Putin must have felt. Shut up, would you? You haven't gotten away with it yet. Now, I have another batch of spoilt votes between my legs. I'm going to need one of you to extract them very slowly and plant them in my ballot box 17. It's the only one we've not touched. Be careful. I'm, I'm ticklish. Surely it'd be more inconspicuous if you reach into your drawers, Anne. Did I fucking stutter? Master Lafayette put me in charge, and I'm telling you to reach into my bloody nethers, grab a handful of corruption, and stuff that box like I stuffed myself. Jesus can close her bloody eyes. Reluctantly, Jane reaches a hand below the table, whispering the Our Father as she feels around for the spoiled ballots, her hand recoiling when she meets bare skin. Jesus, I... You're not even wearing any knickers. What's holding it all in? Determination, love. Now, grab him. Add a girl. Forgive me. Once Jane has secured the ballots, she hurriedly passes them along to Catherine, who proceeds to stuff them into her own drawers. These, God, they are disturbingly moist. Go on. Now's your chance, Luke. There's no one by the table. Catherine lifts her her habit to make a beeline for the ballot box, her Nike Air Force Ones squeaking along the town hall's freshly polished floorboards as she does so. She reaches number 17, cackling in victory as she reaches out for the ballot box. Unfortunately for Sister Catherine, hell hath no fury like a lesbian scorned. Not on my watch, bitch. Appearing as if from nowhere, local lesbian and defender of democracy, Judy Yellowbrick, grabs the nefarious hon, or sorry, nun, <gasps> it's so funny, dragged her by the scruff of her neck towards the exit. Patty, Judy's long-time long lover, scuttles out after them. Sister Catherine, accomplice is hot on her tail. Go easy, Judy. This isn't grand theft, Otto. My wig, oh sweet suffering Sister Teresa of Calcutta. What are you two doing here? Were the town now uh, odd but women for this election, ladies? And we're the caterers. Hope you didn't choke on a scone, bitch. Oh, blueberry. It was lovely with a bit of jam now. Oh, thank you. And we're here to make sure there's no fraudulent activities happening. And I've got eyes like a hawk and a nose like an armadillo. I can smell corruption like a cow smells fresh milk. Just like we did in Cuba, America, and even during the UK Brexit elections, mm-hmm. we were making sure nobody, and I mean nobody, was corrupting dear old Lady Lib herself. Democracy. Did you three old broads know we fought with the Sardinistas? 
Protest is our middle names right after Sappho. We even went on strike with the miners. That's right. Lesbians and gays support the miners. <laughs> we'll be taking those fraudulent ballots, thank you, and we'll be leaving with them. Jesus, the smell. What have you been doing, sisters? Put down the ballot box now, you heathen lesbians. Inside the box is the future. Heathen ghost, jelly bean beast, whores, Donald Trump save the modern world. Help! Give us the box! Get your oily, wrinkled, decrepit hands off of me, lady. God walks amongst us. He is here with us and we will save him from defeat. The Lord comes. The hour our approaches. Rapture is here. As the nuns and the lesbians battled defiantly, Rose Thornburg, running gracefully, and her street cats, William, streetcar, and menagerie, stumbled back onto the scene outside the town hall. No, no, no. No, no, no. Enough. I can't. I won't. Shh. Give me the votes. Give me them. Shh. What? That's old Mira Thunborg. Oh, look at her. She's lost her mind, the poor pet. No more will this town suffer. My mind is gone, gone, gone with the wind. Give me the votes. My girl, I'm doing it for my girl. And as Rose's three cats pounced onto the nuns, Rose, with a nod from Judy, grabbed the fraudulent ballots and scampered off. Here, take these scones. You gotta eat, Rose. Let me starve. I destroyed this time. Go, go, Rose, before those nuns get the votes. Oh, Grania, if only I could have been the mother you deserve. My eye, my eye, it's bleeding. This young man is trying to fornicate with me leg. Back, horn dog, back. Arpus Christum Heraldim Xenagog. And with a blast of insidious witchcraft, Head, head, bitch, or should I say head witch, and incinerated the three street cats. Fucking hell. <sighs> I know they're actual witches, and they're nuns too, but every time the witchcraft makes me want to shit myself. Holy tits! did you just see that? Oh, witchcraft. Oh, sweet, this fuck shite is worse than we thought. Ladies better stay away from us, do you hear? Get that black magic shit away! We saw enough of that in the swamps in Missouri in the 1980s. Come on, Judy. They're announcing the results. And as the lesbians bustled into the hall, the mysterious young Niall Hubbard, with the sh shoddy Irish accent, sauntered out of the town hall. Ladies, like, the whole town is in there now, you know. The results are about to be announced, and Mr. Lafayette, he He's looking for you now, you know, like. You just incinerated those cats, on. They deserved it. This young man is right. Mr. Lafayette is looking for us. I can feel him with the force. A thousand voices crying out in pain. No, no, the results. Oh, sweet child of mine, will we ever see the day? Shut up, Catherine. Move it, Jane. Thank you, Niall. No problem, Miss Anne. And the young, mysterious Niall takes out his iPhone 11XXL, whatever the fuck they're called now, and smiles down at the picture on it before he heads into the hall with the rest of his cult. The picture was of the young Niall with a sexy young stud and a gorgeous young woman. Niall's smile was bitter as he looked, as he looked at the photo and let out a small little sigh. Oh, Pod, Maddie Pie, I'm so sorry. And with that, the young cult member entered the hall to hear the fateful results. A sickening sulfur smell hung dryly in the air in the town hall that night, as if thousands of pieces of paper had curled up into a smoke, into a cloud of foul smoke. The electorate of Salt Spit Devil Hill, well, that is 3% of its population, stood around anxiously, numbly chatting about an awful flu that, you know, a small number of them had had around Christmas and that sort of thing. God, they were such stupid lambs. Well, anyway, lambs among sheep, amongst wolves. That's what they were. 
They clutched their frappuccino with snobbish dignity. <laughs> oh, soon, very soon, they'll all rue the day. They set foot on salt spit, devil hills, hellish soil. But, uh, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. A crappy little stage had been set up as a podium, blah, 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 for Father Cazaldus to deliver the election results. Of course, he was late. Hopefully, he wasn't using the Julian calendar again. The stage creaked loudly and swayed dangerously as Father Cathaldus finally arrived. Sorry, I was held up just a little. I've been doing, you know, priest things. You know yourself, thinking of lads. I mean, I mean, our Lord. Terribly demonic of me. Reminds me of the time. Who, like, won the election, Father? The crowd grumbled in assent. It was cold, and they wanted to get back to watching TV and having arguments with their spouses. <laughs> and the race was so close that no one could even call it. Uh, patience, please. It's been so long since I had a congregation this big to preach to. Have you been loving thy neighbours recently? You, you know, loving them as you would love thyself, little Bible reference, no? Okay, tough crowd. Uh, you've got to keep your friends close, you know. Pleasure the hell out of them. Stroke their ego. Look at, I, I mean, look after them. If not, the devil snatch them up. <laughs> don't be the selfish partner. I mean, don't be the selfish Christian in your relationships. The word of God. Amen. Shut it. Father, tell us the vote. Go on there, Father. But, but this is important. If you'd only listen to me, it, it doesn't matter if you don't actually understand. But if you don't tell us the vote right now, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to kick you in your goddamn blue balls, Padre. Uh, what are you accusing me of? Goodness sake. Tell us the vote! You're, you know, I've had it with you people. Not one of you has a shred of Christianity in you. You are all horny for power, and it disgusts me. You want to know who won? Hmm? Well, the votes hung. Same amount on both sides. No more, no less. You can look at it yourself. And now I have to choose one of you unspirited, useless, faithless miscreants to lead Salt Spit Devil Hill. But, yes. There is one shiny coin among you. Someone brave, someone sexy, someone with spunk in their step, someone who will undoubtedly brighten my, I mean, our future with their attractive jawline, their bright eyes. At this point, both Lafayette and Grania were smugly nodding their heads, preparing themselves to walk up onto the stage. Someone who, it's got to be said, has a remarkably good set of teeth. Someone like Douglas Marshall. Douglas, by the power invested in me by the town constitution of 1873, I elect you interim mayor of Saltspit Devil Hill. <gasps> Daddy! Oh, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, we're all fucked now. A plague on both your houses. Judy, he loves our waffles. What an ally. Oopies. Oh, David, the dote. He makes a tasty little bracky quiche. By the bottom of a pint glass. The crowd was astonished. I've never seen that many wigs fly in an audience since Sasha Valor de-wigged herself for the crown. So, so emotional, baby. Oh, anyway. Oh. Doug's wig is long gone, as are his words. What do you mean? Like, he wasn't even running. There was one vote for Douglas Marshall. A write-in protest vote, actually. No! Bag one, Dougie! As if you'll stand up to this fucking corruption. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Oh, Fuck sake, Jane. Doug Marshall? Holy shit, where's my camera? Oh, oh, oh my! <laughs> 
I, uh, well, <laughs> thank you, I, I can't accept really, but, well, if I have to, I will, for the town and, and that, of course. <laughs> well, I guess we'll have to get a new ceramic piggy in a little mare suit and call it Mare Dougie. Oh, oh. Way, way in the back, sipping a drink that looked a little too bloody red to be a vodka cran, Mr. Albert was fuming. His eyes boiled over with rage like the player's kettle on a shit day. An explosion was on the brink. Doug fucking Marshall! He leaves this town for 26 years and now you name him as your mayor. <laughs> Elizabeth Marshall, you'll rue the day. You'll rue it. The worst. Thing you have done in your 130 years on this earth was bringing that queer Doug and his screechy voiced son Francis back into our community. The rabbit I ate for breakfast would suit better than this bumbling fool. How can you expect this man to rule? I mean, govern, salt, bit, devil. His favorite biscuit is a bourbon cream, for fuck's fucking sake. Mr. Hobart, I will not stand for you talking about my mother in this way, and her not even here to defend herself, her at home watching her favorite evening soap opera banty brave blitz. When my mother forces you to file her bunions and spills tea on you daily, then you can have your say. Oh, trust me, little Ronnie. Your mammy has come to me with far, far worse. Watch your sweaty little back. <laughs> and as for my brother, my Douglas, he may be a bumbling fool, but only I can call him so. And yes, he loves a bourbon cream more than any man I know. And, and fuck it, so do I. Oh, boo-hoo-hoo, Veronica. Can it? I've been robbing that little pet shop of yours for years. Where else do you think we get the fresh animal sacrifices necessary for our cause? Hundreds of guinea pigs and little ferrets. Gone! Don't think I don't have eyes and ears, Mr. Hubbard. I know all your little secrets and I will have this cult tearing my family apart. That's right. I say, folks, a cult. Of course, everyone already knew about shite. I, I mean, S-H-I-T-E, even if they didn't say it. But damn, what a bad bitch move to announce it at the fucking election count. Having your big brother in power will not protect you, Veronica. A fire can burn down one martial empire, but maybe another will destroy the whole damned family. Cockle Muscle Manor. May go up in flames with your little doggy inside. Whoopsies! Enough! You can attack my mother and you can attack myself and you can attack Miracle Mike, the headless fucking chicken even, but you will not threaten my Douglas. So get your liver-licking face out of here now. Veronica Marshall will not put up with this shite anymore in the name of quack and crack and salt-spit devil hill. After downing his drink, oh, a bloody, bloody Mary, and a look of scorn, Lafayette stormed out of the town hall, but not without pulling Francis aside first. You, you, you have to get your father to stop down immediately, Francis, or you will pay for it. Oh, oh, what do I do, what do I do, what do I do? Oh, uh, Ronnie, you really gave him a piece of your medicine, no, didn't you? Whopper! Oh. A nasty, nasty human being, Douglas. Veronica Marshall sure gave the town something to, to think about, now that, as they all went home, whose sides were they beyond? The cult members? 
they followed after grieving Lafayette, probably heading to have some mad rage sex or something. The lovely lesbians and Zugustus packed away their goodies in shock. Even Cornelius the demon rat was petrified. Father Cathaldus put the mic back on the stand, said a few Hail Marys and shuffled off, smirking to himself. Ah, there was still life in the old gal yet. The old gal being Catholic Church's ability to meddle in politics. And as Grania's dynamic duo of homeless drunkard and dashing priest departed, she lingered behind to chat with her new mayor. Mr. Marshall, like, I understand that your mom has deep connections with shite. I mean, my mom is deep in there too, but I'm asking you to take a stand against them. Appeal to normal folk like me. Oh, little Gemma, I'll try my best now. I can't promise I'll be my own Barack Obama. It's Fader Linda. <laughs> Whoever she was. <laughs> but I'll take care of you now. Ah, go on and take care of your mum, will you? She's looking a bit loony in the eyes. It's Grania, but thank you, Mr. Marshall. And have you ever thought about defunding and demilitarising the police, like, or, or call for an end to police brutality? Kind of necessary now. Uh, anyway, I'll see you then. And as Grania Thornburg left the town hall that night, she knew that this would not be her last foray into politics. <laughs> not by a long shot. The Thornburg name would be heard for a long, 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 long time to come. Oh, daddy, 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 you have to step down as the mayor. Lafayette will kill you. No, he'll kill me. He is not a man that you want to be on the wrong side of, Daddy. Oh, please, please. Oh, just listen to him. If he burns us, we'll never be able to return to, to Sugar Kiss Angel Hill. Ah, oh, Franny, he's just a wee sexy man with a few bizarre bitty nuns by his side. No, Daddy, you don't understand the debt I have to Lafayette. He'll kill me if you don't step down. He's a demon. Or maybe literally, I, I don't know, but and, and if you don't listen to him, I'll have to stand in your way too. Ah, Francis, what's this? Why won't you trust me, son? We brought justice to sugar-kiss Angel Hill together. Do you think conspiring against my wife with my son was easy? Please, Francis, reject that nutty man. No, daddy. I'm in this too far. If you do not step down, I'll have to fight against you. I'm going to get back to Sugar Kiss Angel Hill, even if I have to destroy you along the way. I can't, Francis. Salt Spice Devil Hill is my first home. The motherland never leaves your soul, you know. I can't let anyone get in my way. You can take the spit out of the devil, but you can't. Steady! This is. You can't do this to me. You can't throw me to the wolves. The wolves being shite. You can't, Daddy. You, you, please, please. Ah, Franny, I, I'm sorry. Uh, but... Oh, Francis, would you grow a pair of balls now, you needy fuck? Your father has a chance. A chance to make good in the world, and if he doesn't do it, this time will build faster than the badger's tooth. Your father is a modern-day Abraham Lycan, or maybe even a Winston Churchill, a wartime president come to save the town. But he should save me, Daddy. Save me, please, Daddy. You'd be all right, Franny. You're a big boy. I'll protect you. No, you've never protected me before, Daddy. It's always been me, always me trying to survive this horrible, horrible life. I'm done. Francis Marshall on his own, naturally. Francis, wait! Let him go, Douglas. He'll be back. He's just having a wee bitch fit, God bless him. Now, let's go home and get some tea. It's time to do some planning, huh, Dougie? Mammy will lose her mind when she hears about this. Time to do some planning indeed, Runny. <laughs> and just like that, the new mayor of Saltspit Devil Hill, side by side in reunification with his sister, walked back to Cockle Muscle Manor. The charmingly ignorant, <laughs> couldn't hurt a fly, Doug Marshall had no idea what was coming for him. Now, with Francis running off to join Shite in full, Lafayette was about 
to begin planning something far bigger than the new mayorship. And if Douglas Marshall was going to get his way, was going to get in his way, well, there's just no telling who will come out of this alive. And next time on Salt's Fit Devil Hill, the end is coming. Arm yourselves, girls. Take whatever you can lay your hands on. Augustus, what's happened to you? You're losing weight, you've been missing shifts, we're seriously worried about you. Waste your energy worrying about me. I'm too far gone. What? Oh, Jesus Christ above and below, what does that even mean, Zoggy? Toy people at mass today, Father. That was hopeful anyway. Oh, oopies. What's that? A brine envelope? Don't touch it. Get away from that. Mommy, Doug has a chance to make history here. A chance to change the town for good. Good. I spit on good. Lafayette will kill us all if you don't know what that man has done. You have no clue what it is about, Veronica. Angel of Death is coming. I can hear her dulcet tones whispering in my ears. Thank you.